Hi everyone, welcome to Relove, a podcast about self-love and loving another. My name is Wendy Lim, I'm the curious one and... I am Tamara Vrome, the relationship therapist. Together we will be conversing about relationship. So Tamara, what is our topic for today? Today we're going to talk about self-love. Self-love? What is self-love? What does it mean? Oh, it's such a big topic. But the thing is, I don't think you can really be in a relationship if you don't have a basis of Mm self-love. Because people that don't have self-love, they tend to give themselves away and they tend to overstep their boundaries and not express their needs. And having a relationship with a person like that um, Mm -hmm. means that uh, you tend to lose yourself. Okay, but... Let's first describe self-love. What does it mean to have to have self-love? So self-love is that we value ourselves with all of our aspects. So this also means that we embrace the shadow sides or the bad sides in us. And um, for example, I had a lot of self-hate in my life. I, um, from the moment... I think from the moment that I was 10 or 11 and I um, tend to be, I became aware about myself, I really hated a lot of aspects of myself and I would even call myself names Hmm. and I could feel that this, this was such a negative energy that, um, that I put around myself because I hated myself so much. I, I think that's why I attracted other people to to bully me mm-hmm. because I was not confident. I um, looked down on myself, and you generally, what you how you see yourself, you generally uh, project this on other people too. So I hated a lot of other people too. So generally speaking, um, not a lot of people liked me, and I didn't like a lot of people. Okay. So would that mean on a flip side, if I have a lot of self-love, if I'm manifesting this love for myself, I will also be attracting people who like me, people who are nice to me. Would that be the logic? Yeah, I mean, um, when you look at likability, mm-hmm. um, when do we like people? We tend to like people that like us. Right. Mm. If I meet mm. someone and I can see like, hey, this person is really nice and I have the feeling that that person really likes me, mm-hmm. I will probably like the other person too. But if a person can only like another if they also like themselves. So if a person would hate themselves, they would look at themselves with a negative view. They would also look at other people with a negative view. So Mm. if you would meet someone that has a negative view on themselves, they will also look at you with a negative view. And then you're probably like, hmm, that person is not so nice because I don't think that person likes me. Yeah. Then how then do we develop self-love? What are the ways we can do that? I think compassion and forgiveness are two really important words. Um, We cannot be perfect, of course. We all have our shadow sides. We all have our bad characteristics. Mm -hmm. And we all make mistakes. We all fuck up. Mm -hmm. We, We are human. So, you know, we are moody. 
um, we can say mean things to another person. We can interpret it other people in a bad way that wasn't how they meant it to be. So I think um, having compassion for your bad traits and then forgiving yourself for the bad things that you've done mm -hmm. and also being vulnerable towards the other, apologizing for uh, your behavior. I think those three are the, the key words. Mm. Can you give me an example or a story of how that actually works? Um, well, you know, let's do this in a vulnerable way because mm. uh, the power of vulnerability is um, is very important in this one. Mm -hmm. So even what I want to say right now, I can even already feel this not in my stomach because I want to talk about this thing that you and I had the other day. Uh -huh. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Okay. So um, I think two weeks ago, we, we recorded a session on attachment styles mm -hmm. and I was in a bad mood that day. Um, I had, um, I was in my hormone cycle. I was just after the, the ovulation and it means I always drop down and I have this very critical mood. Mm -hmm. So I was super critical towards myself. And because I was crit critical towards myself, I was critical towards you and I was critical towards the session, session that we recorded. Mm -hmm. And then there was this echo on the session. So I tried to, after the session, I tried to, um, to repair this mm -hmm. and I should not have repaired it because I had no patience that day. I was very angry at myself about the echo. And I also didn't like the session, the podcast session itself, because I didn't really flow in my words. And at that moment, I should have, I sh what I should have done, what self-love would have been that I would have looked at myself and be like, okay, Tamara, today is not your day. Maybe today you should not edit the session. Maybe you should let it go mm. and be very kind to, to yourself. And then that's where self-soothing comes in. And self-soothing, this is very important. Self-soothing is, as a child, you have a mother that soothes you, right? The mm -hmm. moment you are hurt or you're in pain, your mother will give you a kiss or she will give you a cookie or she will say, let's do a movie night, you know, let's take it easy. But as an adult, you have to find ways to self-soothe you, yourself. Mm. So this can, this can mean that you really have to look at what are the things that make me feel calm. So this could be, you know, listening to music or listening to guided meditations on YouTube, buy your favorite pizza, um, you know, taking a bath. Um, it could be a anything. Mm -hmm. So on a rough day, um, like that Saturday, I should have go into self-soothing and not be so tough on myself because I told myself I'm going to edit this session and I'm going to get rid of this echo and I'm going to do this until I'm done. And then it took me, because I had no patience, it took me way longer. It took, took me six, seven hours. Mm -hmm. And then I was so frustrated. And then I sent you a voice app like, because then I thought it worked. And I wanted to, to publish it. And then the, um, there was this whole, a couple of sentences that were muted. And then I got so angry and so upset. I started crying. And then I sent you a voice note. I'm so upset. I'm so angry. And I don't want to do this episode anymore. 
and you had no idea what what was happening so you thought i was attacking you hmm. and then um then the next day uh, i was still in that mood and then i sent you a text like you know what let's forget about this whole episode and i did not really um talk this through with you i just decided i just you know no collaboration i i just decided and then i i knew i was being unreasonable and that's then i i felt so ashamed and then what i wanted to do was i wanted to avoid the whole si situation and that's when i set myself down i was like okay tamara breathe mm. what is going on what are you doing and then because i was so ashamed i wanted to avoid this situation with you and then I was like, okay, the best thing to do right now is to actually call you because I think, you know, there's so much miscommunication right now. And we called and yeah. um, I apologized and um, we talked it through and then I explained myself and um, you understood and we decided to let this episode be for what it was. Mm -hmm. And um, and I wrote a blog about it. And mm. then later on, you apologized about uh, misunderstanding me in, in the beginning as well. Mm. So this whole thing, I think also the apologizing is so important because we tend to feel that if we apologize, we give away our power. Mm. But um, I think uh, forgiving ourselves and apologizing, that goes hand in hand. Mm. Yeah, I, I can feel it and what I take away is very much having empathy for ourselves, if that even makes sense. Yeah. And telling ourselves that some days are not great, so give myself a break. And I yes. really, really like how you spoke about self-soothing because mm. it's true. Like sometimes I think about it, Am I conscious even on how would I soothe my suit myself mm. when I'm in a situation where I'm feeling really shitty? Yeah. Do I know where is this space that I could take myself to feel better? Mm. It's so important for us to recognize firstly the the place where we are at, and yeah. also how to self soothe. And everyone have a different way. Exactly. And I have to say, we have to be careful with self-soothing when it comes to alcohol and drugs, of mm -hmm. course, because if emotions are really high, um, yeah, it, it could be easy to drink a bottle of wine yep. <laughs> or to eat a pizza and ice cream and, you know, a lot. Mm. And this, of course, can turn into an addiction. So it's really, it's good to be conscious and aware about it and mm -hmm. to look for self-soothing things that don't turn into addictions, of course. Okay, so the ones that are better, like go for a run or you yeah. know, play some music. And, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah, exactly. Watch, watch your video. But um, I think this, this whole example is really, it shows so many things. It shows mm. um, compassion or empathy for yourself that sometimes you have bad days. It also shows um, that... Um, yes, I have bad traits and they are allowed to be there and um, I can share that with another person and being vulnerable about it mm -hmm. and to create a connection in that sense because 
um, we are wired for connection. So we, in order sometimes to feel things through, we actually have to connect with the other person again. Mm. And then the self-soothing and then the compassion that you showed for me, like you were reaching out to help me and uh, saying like, okay, let's forget about this episode. And you were, you, you were thinking along. So, um, yeah, there are so many aspects of, of self-love in this. And I think we do a lot of things in our lives on willpower because sometimes we have to write, we have to go to our work or we have to feed our children, but, um, we don't have to do everything on willpower. We can also say, okay, you know what, today I'm going to do what feels good instead of what I have to do for Mm -hmm. myself, because it's also about the inner critic and being tough on yourself. Mm. So that includes also some days to say, you know what, um, I'm not going to make myself into this diet that I've been on. I'm just going to enjoy this meal guilt-free. Yes, exactly. And um, you could call it a cheat day, but even cheating is is a negative word. Mm. So yeah, you know, sometimes... This also means that when you're overwhelmed and you need to go to a party, you you cancel the party, even though you risk that the other person will be hurt because mm-hmm. of that. But um, these are the things, these are also the challenging things. Like, can you really stand for yourself risking that the other person feels rejected or hurt? And that, I think, is the power of vulnerability. Mm. I can see that because we are vulnerable in maybe fearing the relationship or the friendship would be tarnished or broken. Yeah. And yet more importantly is the self-love to make sure that I'm not going there and all my energy is taken. I'm not even enjoying myself and mm. I probably make the situation better because I'm just going to be there sulking or... Mm eating and drinking too much. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And how does this then relate to building a better relationship? Well, you can't give what you don't have. So um, I think relationships are super challenging. Um, You know, interacting with with another person on such a deep level mm-hmm. if you keep on giving and giving and giving and many people are way better in giving than in receiving your energy will be drained and the moment you give so much and you don't receive and you're giving yourself away um, this means that energetically you have a way higher chance on depression so um, we can become very passive, very tired. Uh, We don't enjoy things as much anymore. We tend to get resentful towards the other because even if we think we are giving altruistically, Mm -hmm. we do keep a score inside. And if we notice that we give more than we receive, we get resentful and then we look at the other with a negative view. So it has so much impact if you don't listen to yourself and soothe yourself and choose for yourself and set boundaries. Hmm. Would that also mean that probably that relationship is not balanced anyway? Because if someone keeps taking without limits, you know, if let's say 
in a relationship, my partner is a taker and keeps taking and taking and taking without even consciously saying that, hey, I've taken so much, let me give. But yeah, no, don't, don't even think about that, which means I should not be in that relationship because I would be on a losing side, even as you said, even if I'm willingly giving, yeah. but I'm actually feeling it that I'm the only one that's giving. Exactly. And the balance is so important because mm. sometimes this this um, this unhealthy balance can sort of um, go into the relationship without both people knowing. So if someone is really a giver and the other one is just, you know, the other one gives, so the other one takes and takes and takes, and this becomes a pattern. Um, the thing is, giving actually is something that makes us humans have have a good feeling as well Hmm. if you give something to to the other person you you get a feeling of of gratitude so if we take away the chance for someone else to give me give us something back we take away the chance that the other person also feels good and then we take away the chance of a deeper connection between the the both of the 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 two people Hmm. so the key thing then is to find the balance so let me ask you this in a situation where let's say i recognize that I'm giving too much, right? So let's say I made some introspective reflection and I realized, mm-hmm. oh my God, this started off as a beautiful relationship, but I've been giving and giving and giving. What then can I do to recreate a balance? So there's this game that is called, if it's completely up to me, I would have won. And this is about expressing your needs, but in, in a playful way, because okay. it's also impossible to completely um, have the other person fulfill all of your needs. But sometimes in, in a relationship, when patterns are there and we don't even realize anymore what our needs are, or mm-hmm. we don't even really know what the other person's needs are, because me- sometimes we give up. In the beginning, we tend to express our needs and we are very curious about the other person's needs and then patterns come and then we, te- we tend to give up. So you can play this game to uh, re-explore each other. So if, it's, if, it's really, if it was really up to me, I would have I liked us to hug every morning, afternoon or evening. Okay. And then the other person says, ah, oh, thank you for sharing. And then it's the other person's turn. If it was really up to me, I would have want you to cook for me every day. And then the other person receives. Ah, thank you for sharing. So this game um, helps you explore again what the other person's need is. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you can also add the aspects of um, compromise. So if I would say if it's if it's up to me, I would I would get hugged in the morning, the afternoon and the evening uh, the other person could say thank you for sharing um what would be the least thing that you would need Mm. and then a person would think and be like "Mm, um i think if i would uh get a hug um in the evening for half an hour um that would be fine and then the other person can say well in the evening is always the time for me to relax um I feel I have more space in the morning to, to cuddle you for half an hour. Would mm. that be okay? Mm. And then the other person really has to feel in their body, yeah, this is actually okay. I can live with this. So then you, you compromise. 
I really like that game because it starts off as playful. It can even seem ridiculous. Yeah. But because you're starting it as a game, it's mm-hmm. already, it's almost like it's not real, and you're just there's playfulness in it. But the message is real. Yes, exactly. And and I love the ridiculous side of it. And mm. when I when I played that game, um, I noticed that in the um, I think we played it like. Uh, every weekend we we did this game and then during the week we we also sort of in did it during the day like hey if it was up to me that and then we would express this this needs and it, it was funny it was playful it wasn't attacking the other it wasn't mm. criticizing the mm. other so yeah and it's a really good way to express our needs and yeah to also reflect upon what is my need Yes, because if we give too much, we tend to forget our needs mm. and we tend to check out with, with our own bodies. So it's actually also a good exercise to be aware again about what, what your own needs are. Mm-hmm. And then the other person that is a taker, you know, people, I don't think most people don't, are not takers because they are greedy, you know, it's a, it's a pattern. So the taker can also be aware again, like, hey, why am I always taking? And um, and what would happen if I would fulfill the other person's needs more? What kind of feeling would that give me? Oh. And see, you know, probably you will get a deeper connection if, if you would both invest in f- fulfilling each other's needs. Yeah, and just being curious with the taker, sometimes it's like, hey, if you're giving me, why not just take it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, until some until it becomes a pattern, and then you don't realize that one has been taking and taking and taking, yes, and the other exactly. the same has been giving and giving and giving. Yes, exactly. It feels good. Mm-hmm. Mm. So in self love, we will need to really think about how do I have that balance? How do I be compassionate for myself, forgive myself, mm-hmm. and be able to articulate my needs yes and you know i think a lot of people they sort of know what their needs and their boundaries are Mm -hmm. and still they turn to give more than they can actually can Mm. and it could be that there is this underlying belief uh, of themselves so for example a lot of people that have the the belief that they are not good enough they tend to give more because they have the feeling if I don't give, the other person will find out I'm not good enough and then the other person would probably leave me. Hmm. So it's also very important to be aware of our body that if we ch- if we see ourselves giving again without a reason because the other one was not asking for it, like what is the reason, the underlying subconscious reason I'm giving right now Mm. and it could be it comes from this belief that was somewhere created in the childhood that I'm not good enough and that feeling is very uncomfortable in the body and as a child if you have the feeling you are not good enough you actually you know you think you can die because if the other one is not there for you you know you can actually die so the fear of dying is actually connected with the fear of not being good enough Mm. and so if you are aware that you tend you you want to give while the other person is not asking for it and you have the feeling it comes from something deeper 
see if it comes from the belief that you're not good enough and then really connect with that unpleasant feeling in your body and really sit with it and really acknowledge it and really feel it. And with that connection, um, you can probably um, stop giving so much or stop overstepping your own boundaries. Mm -hmm. And recognizing that for me, it almost feels like the giving is a form of soothing yourself, but not in the right way because you're back into that inner child that yes. feels I'm not good enough and if I give that person will continue to love me or that person will continue to want me so it's it, it's like, it's it's a little bit like the the survival mechanism yeah, of yeah. the pleaser you know yeah. if you please then you won't die mm. wow it's really interesting to just think about it from such a simple word, self-love. There's so many layers beneath that. Mm, mm. Yes. And, you know, if we... So, for example, when it comes to uh, your body, a lot of women hate their body. So then other people say, oh, you should look in the mirror and then you should say to yourself, I love my body. But that could be a, a too, too big of a step. But you can, what you can say is, oh, thank you, buddy, for walking me to the bus stop so I can go to my work. Mm. So you can start really small by liking certain aspects of your body or of your, um, your character by, you know, small things. You can say to yourself, oh, that's really nice of you that you brought a cup of coffee to your colleague, you know. So if you want to enhance this, the self-love, you can start with really, really small, small things. Mm. That's nice because then you, you, the more you appreciate the little things, you will find more things to appreciate. Yeah, because the more attention you give to that, the more it will grow. And mm. then you actually train your mind instead of being always so negative about yourself. You are training it to be more positive. And with that, you're also looking at other people more positive. And yep. then you probably get more positive feedback towards yourself. So this is also a, a good self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, and it's a positive spiral instead. Yeah, of, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, that's quite a lot of good tips in this in this episode thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> what else would you like our listeners to know well the inner critic that is the voice in our heads that is the one that talks down on us i mean if my best friend would talk to me the way I talk to myself in my head, uh -huh. she would not be my best friend, right? <laughs> yep. She would be so mean. I would, you know, break up the, the, the friendship. So it's weird that we talk to ourselves in our head in such a, in such a harsh way. Um, but the reason we do this, this is about ego, you know, when we, our ego tries to protect us from rejection because if we, we're rejected when we are a child, we die. So the ego created this protection mechanism and that is the in inner critic. And the inner critic is always criticizing us in order for us to learn and not come go into a situation where we can be rejected. Mm. So my inner critic is always, for example, 
when I'm going to bed and I'm overthinking things, he is saying, oh, you laughed so loud this afternoon. No one had the chance to talk and you were so egocentric. You got all the attention. So it's saying all of these mean things in order so I, in order so I don't get rejected by the group. Because we are also social beings, we want to be in the group. Because if we are um, put out of the group, you know, we will die. Mm. But the thing is, it's a protection mechanism. And it's not that we have to fight it, but we have to say to the inner critic, okay, I hear you. I thank you for trying to protect me. Um, I acknowledge you. But now you can gently fuck off because I don't need you. Yep. <laughs> So we can actually, you know, and you can even do this in a very visible way. You can get this chair or a little chair and you sort of um, imagine that the inner critic is sitting on the chair saying all these horrible things to you. Mm -hmm. And then you say, thank you for sharing this with me. I know you're trying to protect me, mm -hmm. but you're not helping me. The opposite, you're making it worse. So I'm putting you outside. And then you actually take the chair and you put the chair outside, so it's not in your room anymore. Wow. And I can imagine that because the power of visualization is so strong, and now you have linked it to a physical object, and put yes. the chair outside. It's almost like, shut up, I can't hear you, you're outside. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, sometimes you can even hear the, the chair outside sort of mumbling through the door, like, shut up. <laughs> I already told you to be outside. So it's so funny. The, the power of visualization is so immense. Yeah, and I really love that. And it also gives me an idea of, it's not just the inner critic, but any other voices in our head that we want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Put them on the chair, have a conversation with them, and send them outside. Exactly. <laughs> and if they don't behave, burn the chair. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tamara, we've covered a lot about self-love and having this balance and how to manage our inner critic. What is the one thing that our listeners should leave with? I think we should be very aware of the voices that, that we have in, in our heads and um, and we should make it an active practice every day to to talk to these voices. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can wake up every day and say these affirmations towards ourselves. So I love myself with all of my shadow parts. I am beautiful the way that I am. Um, you know, you can make very specific affirmations or you can actually go to YouTube and uh, fill in the word affirmations and get some in inspiration there. Mm. But I think it's really, really important that we are aware of the voices that we have um, that are uh, playing in, in our heads and, um, and that we really embrace ourselves, even our, our bad qualities and that we, that we be compassionate towards ourselves and that, that we forgive ourselves. Mm absolutely beautiful and i guess this would bring us to a wrap up and for our listeners yes. thank you very much for listening we will see you in our next episode